initiating theme song. It's really important that we don't talk through the theme song, just so you know. Okay. Yeah, you really don't want to do that. It's really not classy, really unprofessional podcast-wise. <clears throat> so just don't do it. It's not funny. This is serious. You're not supposed to talk through the theme song. It's just bad etiquette. <laughs> Welcome. Thanks for uh, thanks for joining me, Lauren's first time on the podcast. First time, well, yeah. second really. I mean, the interview. Well, the Did interview, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, I don't know. Sure, it counts, but this is different because it's much All more right. casual and uh, not nearly as serious. And right. And live. Live. Yeah. Um, so we are going to be talking about some movie crazy people. Uh, yeah. So I guess, why don't you go ahead and give your kind of relevant background to this topic? Okay. Um, well, first I'd like to start off by saying I'm in no way an expert and on any of these topics. Right. I should, I I should also say I am also not an expert on any of these topics. (laughs) Uh, None of this. Right. None of this should be construed as any sort of medical advice um, or any uh, actual like I haven't done any actual scientific research. Okay. Yeah. No, this is just all my my personal opinions and just, I guess, a little maybe touching a little bit from experiences that I've had working in the mental health field. But um, that's just that's about as far as it goes. Without breaking any HIPAA laws, of course. Right. Yeah. No names. Mm mm. No identifying information. Right. Um, so I graduated um, college with a bachelor's degree in psychology, and I worked um, most recently in the mental health field as a mental health counselor um, for an intensive in-home program um, that serviced uh, children and adolescents and their families who were in some sort of crisis period in their life. And we would go in and stabilize. Um, I was really lucky to be able to work um, in this program because I was able to work as a part of a clinical team. So it was uh, myself and then a clinician. um, And we would go and we would basically, um, you know, treat people, we would, we would do therapy. And, um, you know, we'd also, there was some, you know, coordination involved in case management stuff, but um, a lot, it was very, very clinical. It was probably, I mean, you know, with a bachelor's degree, you know, in psychology, it only gets you so far. So what um, do you, what do you mean when you say it was very clinical? It was very clinical as far as the therapy. I mean, we were, okay. um, you know, we were doing therapy with clients um, and, you know, with just a bachelor's degree, you, you don't always get the opportunity to do that. Oh, okay. Um, okay. I got gotcha. you. Further your education to do that. So working as part of that team with my clinician, I was able to really get in there and get my hands dirty as far as the therapy aspect, which was really, really cool. That um, is, that is really neat. Um, because I think a lot of people would like to kind of put that hat on, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Just to kind of see what it's like, because a lot of us, like, I've personally never been to any kind of therapy or anything like that. So the mm-hmm. only exposure I have to it is what what's in the media, you know? Sure. Um, how, I mean, how would you say like that 
your did your um experiences compare to like things you've seen in movies and tv and stuff like that i mean is it all like yeah well you know because a lot of times we would you know would be individual therapy or mm-hmm. there would be um sometimes we participated with our clients in some group therapy okay um which it you know i i've seen a lot of on tv and movies you know the group right. therapy aspect um because it's used in so many different settings, you know, it's used for mental health, it's used for substance abuse, it's used, you know, um, so I think that gets the most media probably. Um, yeah, and we, we did that. And I mean, you know, some of the cases, like, I think, you know, you and I have talked about this before, and some of the cases were pretty surface level. And, um, you know, maybe some kids that were starting to get into trouble, or, you know, uh, had behavior issues, or really young kids with, you know, ADHD, um, that just kind of, you know, in a certain setting of their life, whether it be school or home um, or out in the community, they, they, you know, they found it hard to, you know, control themselves. But some of the um, cases that I had were, were a lot deeper than that. Yeah. Um, you know, I had a, a teenage girl with a delusional disorder, um, which was super intense and so interesting. Um, some of the aspects of, of this case were so um they were just so individual and in in um and really interesting uh I like del- my- delusional in the sense that like she was kind of like living in a reality that was art of like she was like imagining kind of thing yeah she had a false sense of reality um and hers was very um it was very specific she actually was um obsessed with michael jackson oh and had this false sense of um a feeling that you know they were connected on some Whoa. level um and this was after his passing obviously you know she was a teenager so um she was very young when when he did pass but um yeah she had this this false sense of you know knowing him and thinking that they connected on some personal level and even from you know uh, beyond the grave w- was able to speak to her and give her messages and clues oh my god it was i mean it was very sad because her life was hell. Oh, of course. Hell, but I mean, it was, you know, from a professional standpoint, it was incredibly interesting. And, um, I'm really, I I feel privileged that I got the honor to, you know, to work with her and to try to help her. Yeah. So what do you, so, I mean, what do you, how do you handle even, um, that kind of thing? Like you, obviously you can't just say to her, like, sweetie, like you can't talk to Michael, like, obviously that's not going to do it. So do you like, kind of try to let her talk through it and kind of like put the you know connect the dots herself or does does that even work like yeah well I mean that would be the end goal for sure and like I said the program that I worked in was I didn't say this today but in the past it was a six-month program okay so it you know I mean in the grand scheme of things that's incredibly short-term especially for somebody with a delusional disorder who's only 16 um so uh and I think, you know, a lot of times, um, well, maybe not a lot of times, but in this case particular, we worked with a specialist at Yale as well. Um, I mean, we had to call them the big guns because this was, this yeah. was huge. So um, they were even thinking that it might have been uh, a budding uh, schizophrenic disorder. Ooh. So, which yeah. is a, a lot of time uh, they start out that way because, you know, you, you're not, you don't want to diagnose a 16 year old with schizophrenia or schizo, schizoaffective disorder. I think sure. it's called now. Sure. The names yeah, of the diagnoses change all the time but mm-hmm. um so they were you know they were it was definitely a case that they were going to keep their eye on um because it could have been uh it could have been starting out with a delusional disorder that uh 
you know, kind of grew into um, something more dangerous, something a little yeah. more malignant. Yeah. And actually, when we first got the when we first got the case, we went in totally under the assumption that it was um, OCD. Really? We thought she had. Yeah, that was what she came in with. That was her diagnosis coming into the program. Um, and I think, you know, with so many of these disorders, uh, even. I, I want to. I just want to pause you for a second. Yeah. Um, maybe you could, if if you could, if we could just take a quick sidebar. I think this would be an opportunity to maybe. Um, when you say the phrase OCD, yes, that's a phrase that I think that gets overused it way, is. way, 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 way too much. Oh, yeah. Like it's an actual mental disorder oh, yeah. that people really, really struggle with. And it's not like, oh, I'm, I have to make sure the dishes are done before I leave the house. Like it's a lot deeper than that kind of thing. Right. Like when people say like, oh, for my first pet peeve is when people say, oh, I'm so OCD. No, that, mm-hmm. it, the phrase mm-hmm. would be, I I'm have so OCD about I, this. Yeah, I have OCD. Right. Or I yeah, suffer exactly. for yeah. I suffer from OCD. Right, suffer from would be more right. accurate. Um, yeah. It's not an adjective. It is a noun. So you can't say I am a noun. Absolutely. Yeah, you can't. It doesn't work oh, that yeah. way. And, um, and that's a great point. That OCD is. You if you know, had OCD, you'd probably be using the phrase properly. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, you wouldn't go around like being proud of it and telling people. Right. Um, um, and I know that's not really how people are using it, but I think that it's worth addressing can you kind of explain what obsessive compulsive disorder OCD actually is? That, I sure. Think. Yeah. So it's a, uh, it's a disorder where um, you uh, obsess ab- about something in particular, which causes you to act compulsively um, in a ritualistic manner because you think that um, participating in that ritual will, um, will ease the, the, the obsessive thoughts in your okay. head. Um, sometimes the thoughts can be somebody's going to die. If I don't, um, you know, take seven steps every time I walk in a certain direction of the room, or if I don't, you know, turn the light switch on and off seven times, you know, usually it's a, it's a pattern. It's a specific number. Right. Right. In that case it would be seven. You know, um, if I don't do this, then my mother is going to get in a car accident and die. I mean, it depends on what your, where your train of thought is. It's actually a much more serious thing then oh, I yeah. think a lot of people think that it is like it's you yeah. really have these dots connected in your head that are just so could not be more unrelated. Oh, my God. And it's, it's about and it's and it, it, am I wrong in saying that it's usually about some tiny little thing like literally like flipping a light switch or taking a certain number of steps or like making sure, sure. that. Yeah, like it's some tiny little thing like it's not about like anything that actually has any effect on anything at all. Right. It, it's usually unrealistic. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Um, and. You know, I think um, I just lost my train of thought. Well, that's um, okay. Oh. Um, yeah, go ahead. Well, no, I, I was just going to sort of piggyback just very quickly on what you said about it being overused. And I mean, I think a lot of diagnoses these days, you know, get sort of the, the terms sure. get thrown around. Um, OCD is one of the top ones. So it's bipolar. Mm-hmm. Or I'm so bipolar. Mm-hmm. Like, you know. No, I'm you're not bipolar. You, ha- you, ha- you get upset. And yeah, you get happy. Moody. Yeah, you, yeah, you, not even moody, but just be like, oh, I just get so mad when, when bad yeah, things happen. Mad. And then one second, my emotions are going to flip. Yeah, you're a human being. That's how it exactly. works. Exactly. <laughs> oh, yeah. But these true diagnoses go so much deeper than that. And there's, I they mean, do. you know, just, you, you don't just slap a label on somebody. You can't slap a diagnosis on someone. I mean, but you peop- have to. Well, people are. Criteria. Yes. And people are, unfortunately, very ready to slap these diagnoses on themselves. And somehow wear it as some sort of like badge. Like it's really strange, you know, and I think 
I don't even want to go down the road of how dangerous it is to label yourself as anything, right? Let alone having some sort of mental disorder or something that that people like it does dishonor to people who I don't know if dishonor you know it kind of it uh it kind of slaps in the face like people who actually do struggle from these problems that they have Absolutely. that they that really fucks with their life you know absolutely oh yeah because you know and they're saying how first of all how dare you you know how dare you compare yeah, your right. you know your your, pro- your tiny problem to my life and also it um it kind of um i feel like people think that you know people who really struggle from these things that other people aren't going to take them serious you know because exactly. so many people are going around claiming that they have it so exactly. you know um, I mean, do you, so do you, I mean, knowing, having a little bit of insight into this kind of thing, do you find yourself like in the grocery store, like in line behind somebody going like, yeah, that's a bit of a sociopathic (laughs) tendency this person's displaying right now. (laughs) Do you find yourself Um, doing stuff like that? Sometimes, sometimes I, you know, probably more often with like family members and friends and, you know, (laughs) people, um, you know, actually know things about their psychology. Sure. Sure. Um, you know, but well, because like, for example, you know, Jessica knows a lot about anatomy and physiology Mm -hmm. and she'll just see some random person in the grocery store sometimes and she'll be like, that person has some sort of like hip dysplasia or something, you know, something like that. She'd be like, oh, they're, they're AC4 or whatever. I don't know. Whatever is, uh, might, might have some sort of, uh issue or something you know what i mean she'll say something oh, yeah. you know what i mean yeah. so i wonder i guess there's always if you have a certain depth of knowledge about some kind of topic you just happen to notice the things in the world and if it's something about people i guess things oh, yeah. are gonna jump out i think at you. my thoughts usually go more to like what is going on with this person at home like why are you so mad or like why are you screaming yeah. at the cashier right now like what's happening in your life you know that that's making you do you ever know, so do you ever... mad that your mustard wasn't on sale I mean, I just, I don't well yeah i mean i guess yeah that's that's a whole other topic, but it's, you know, things that people are mad about is never the thing that they're really mad about. No, it's always, it always goes deeper. It always goes deeper. That's why mm-hmm. I think that uh, bickering is very healthy and, and talking shit and stuff like that, you know, busting yeah. people's balls, saying saying exactly what's coming into your mind and treating it lightly, you know, even right. from, you know, your own kind of point of view. Right. Because if you don't, anything you don't say will get built up, you know, anything that doesn't happen right now, you know. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Squash it. Yep, it in the yep. So, um, so do you think, I mean, I guess everybody to kind of get toward, uh, veer toward our actual topic a little bit. Mm. Um, yeah, it seems like everybody kind of enjoys the whole, uh, crazy people in the media thing, you know, like crazy, mm-hmm. mo- crazy people in movies and stuff like that. Um, did you, um, Obviously, you know, you're into that kind of thing and I mm-hmm. am too. Um, did you find that, did you find your, that you were kind of more interested in it after, uh, you were kind of trained? Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Because I knew more about it. I right, was a little right. bit more educated about right. it. So, you know, things that I had been taught, I mean, it was, it was cool to see it, you know, played out in a movie or something like that. And well, I mean, from what I understand, you know, a lot of portrayals of psychopaths in movies, I think movies tend to just go right for the psychopath thing and miss over, like miss a lot of opportunities to do really like you could make a really interesting movie about somebody that has OCD and you don't see that very much. Like I know there are instances of it, like the show Monk, he had like OCD and like did really weird shit. Um, And from what I understand, that was a pretty good portrayal of -hmm. of OCD. Um, But, you know, I think that there are some really everybody, like I said, everybody goes, everybody goes straight for the psychopath thing. And I think a lot of them tend to kind of miss the mark the way I understand, you know, Um, like, for example, the Hannibal Lecter character. um, Mm -hmm. How how familiar are you with 
the Hannibal Lecter Hannibal um, portrayal? Well, I'm very I'm, well. I mean, Silence of the Lambs. I'm, okay. I'm very familiar. With well, there was like a trilogy of those movies, and there was like a yeah, whole. Yeah, yeah, um, and I th- I'm pretty sure I saw all of those. And okay. I know that we start. I think we started watching that Hannibal show, but I don't. I right. Don't, yeah. Yeah. Um, well, you should definitely watch it. I know. Um, I know. But the point being here is that from actual psychologists that have studied the character of Hannibal Lecter, he's just a fantasy. Like he doesn't actually, he's not actually, he doesn't actually fit into any of these categories, which I think makes him an even more brilliant character because your instinct is to go, Oh, he's obviously a psychopath, but he isn't like, he doesn't fit any of these categories and he does display characteristics that a psychopath or even a sociopath wouldn't, you know? And it's like, you don't really, you can if you watch like his origin story you don't really is it a nature or a nurture thing you don't really know and he's to, mm-hmm. he seems to kind of like really lean into it in a way right. that somebody who doesn't have those mental faculties of empathy and stuff like that he almost seems like he he he's not neutral as far as his emotions and stuff it's like he goes the opposite way like on purpose which isn't yeah. as the way i understand it isn't really the way a psychopath behaves like they're really just in that kind of stuck in that non-empathetic like neutral like you know yeah i think like a typical psychopath or sociopath even um i i think that they're they're a little bit more reckless sure you know, they're not quite as calculated and yeah he's are. like hyper calculated yeah exactly Mani- you know ma- manipulative and yeah and brilliant and you know and that's not always the case i mean these are regular joes you know a lot of sure. people that you know suffer from well i think it's worth mentioning that i think um nobody really knows how many we can get into the difference between a psychopath and a sociopath in a mm-hmm. minute, but I mean, nobody really knows how many of them are really out there because the, I think the theory is most psychopaths and sociopaths just figure out how to adapt to society and everything works out okay. Like, you right. might get as far as, like, yeah, that guy's a little awkward sometimes, but like, you know what I mean? Like, oh, yeah. uh, if you're a psychopath, it doesn't mean you're going to murder a bunch of people, you know? Exactly. Because if that were the case, there'd be a lot more murderers. Oh, yeah. Oh, <laughs> yeah. You know, the world would be full of them. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And, you know, I mean, it just, I mean, it's so complex, really. You know, it's mm-hmm. hard to sort of nail down, you know, is this person a psychopath? Is right. this person a psychopath? I mean, because there's so many components that go into it and so many other, you know, diagnoses, really, that you're pulling from. I mean, sure. you know, sometimes these things happen uh, from, you know, trauma. Sometimes, you know, they're, they, they come sort of out of, maybe a psychotic break or, you know, a sure. delusion, you know, or delusional yeah. disorder. And, yeah. Or some act or, or physical trauma or physical trauma. Absolutely. You know, oh, not yeah. necessarily emotional trauma. Could you, could actually like hit, like fuck your head up and damage part of exactly. your brain. That would it's make you the exact, injury. that would make you a textbook psychopath, you know? Right. Right. Um, yeah. You can sort but, of lose that, you know, mm-hmm. uh, ability to empathize with others. And that sort of changes everything. When, sure. When sure. That. Yeah. Um, yeah, so yeah, it's it it is very interesting. Uh, do you, I think the guy who invented like the psychopath test, like most like the most recent like hyper accurate one, took the test and found he himself <laughs> was a psychopath <laughs> and was like, oh shit. <laughs> okay. Yeah, why is that not surprising? You know. Yeah, because I think he did like some kind of double. He did some kind of test where he um. He like. I think he took the test and then took a bunch of other test results. And blindly mm. scorned that scored them, and then oh. looked and then looked through the ones that were psychopaths, and his was in there. Like he didn't okay. take the test knowing that he right. was, you know, 
Exactly. Something like that. But it was it's like legit that he took the test and actually is a functioning psychopath and was like, wow. oh, fuck. Like, yeah. <laughs> I shouldn't take this test. Do I tell my I wife? I don't know. <laughs> what do I do now? Mm. Oh, my God. Just sweep that under the rug. That's funny. But, I mean, I guess the moral of that whole thing is that, like, it's not necessarily – a doom you know a doom diagnosis to be like yeah i'm a psychopath well gotta lock you up sorry dude you know right it's there's ways to be functional and stuff like that but oh yeah again back to the topic we love those stories of people who you know just can't hang and and just they have to kill they they're they're just bloodthirsty because they're a psychopath of course exactly Um, yeah which is why i think well you know i think some of the characters some like historical movie villains you know such a you know um jason you know mm-hmm. or freddy krueger you know or maybe not freddy krueger but you know well, whatever uh, i mean they all get michael myers you know i think these people were labeled psychopaths in their time and i mean really i mean they're they're a fictional character in a slasher film i mean it's not you know hannibal lecter at least you know they at least it was sort of researched, you know what I mean? And, and they yeah. tried to sort of, you know, give him cer- certain traits yeah, and, yeah. you know, and it was done more tastefully than, than somebody who's just going to like stab you with a knife 27 times. Well, I think that's the really intriguing thing about Hannibal Lecter and why that will be a timeless character forever, because he feels he's basically a supervillain, but mm-hmm. he's not so outlandish that he, like there's enough realism to his character that or at least at least it's in that gray area of things that we think are possible mm-hmm. but are not actually like the fact that he's like hyper hyper intelligent like off the mm-hmm. charts IQ also master martial artist right. um insane chef you know a crazy social manipulator you know, like right. his social skills are insanely off the charts too. Mm-hmm. You know, um, he's a good-looking guy. You know, mm-hmm. he's like it, it just everything that a person might want. Plus all the, you know, plus he doesn't give a shit about like all, all he wants to do is just like kill these people who he thinks deserve to die. That, right. and that's a crazy thing about him too. It's like he doesn't really necessarily have a bloodlust. He's like he's almost like this weird vigilante, right? You know, but also if you get in his way he'll kill you too like he doesn't you know which i think is a really interesting thing about the hannibal show is that he befriend you know he ends up developing a very close personal relationship with the main character Mm. um and that whole thing kind of plays out like they have this weird bromance that goes on throughout the show where the main character being like a um, cop or something no yeah the main character is will graham who is edward norton's character in the hannibal okay. movie yep. yeah so he's yep. pl- yeah so all, everybody's recast obviously but that's who mm-hmm. that's who will graham is in gotcha so it's somebody it's before it's it's actually before it's discovered that hannibal lecter is this mass murderer he's mm-hmm. the cop on the case and he's using hannibal as a consultant to try to solve the murders that hannibal is committing Okay. And the show okay. takes the Hannibal movie plot and kind of goes before it and then leads up into it and then steps oh, into okay. yeah and then and then steps into I think a little bit afterward too. And they had plans to move into the Silence of the Lambs storyline, but they couldn't something weird happened where like people were watching the show but it wasn't showing up in the ratings and they couldn't oh, got, quite secure. Oh, it got canceled? Yeah, it got canceled. Yeah, a couple oh. years ago. 
Um, okay. It got three seasons in, and it was amazing. But mm. I mean, that show easily could have gone six seasons because it would have gone into the, all the other known Hannibal's plot there, line. Yeah. Yes, a lot. Yeah, a lot of in between stories you could tell, stuff like that. I would have loved to mm-hmm. see Buffalo Bill recast. You know, I was just yeah. That, you know, Clary what? Starling. We never got to see her recast. Right. right oh my right. god, it would have been so amazing. So that Buffalo Bill, or I was going to call him Wild Bill. I couldn't remember his name. I, know I think it's Bill. Buffalo Bill. Yeah. I think it, yeah. Um, the funny thing to me is that I, I mean, I think that character is more of a more accurate portrayal of a psychopath than yeah, Hannibal think, Lecter. Well, I think that's the whole plot of the movie is that Hannibal mm. Lecter is this hyper genius and it's easy for him to just analyze these regular run of the mill psychopaths. But the, right. you know oh, what I yeah, mean? Yeah, yeah. And it's at a point in um, the state of the our uh, legal system and psychology in general that they haven't quite nailed down what makes these people up yet and Hannibal Lecter's like yeah it's easy you just connect these dots and they're like that's why he becomes the consultant to the police because the police and psychologists oh. don't have it quite nailed down yet um, yeah. that's why you got to yeah. watch that show Mindhunter because that's about the very infancy of anybody even deciding to study that as a phenomenon. They're just like, yeah, some people like to murder, but this guy's right. like, no, I think there's like a pattern. Like, I think there's a disorder that we can study and learn kind of the ins and outs of hmm. and Mindhunter. Hmm. And it's, uh, it's directed by David Fincher. What's it on Netflix? Yes. Hmm. And David Fincher has done, um, I think a couple of the bond movies, if I'm not mistaken. Um, He's just an amazing director, and that show really, like, it just grabs you. Like, it grabs you by the face, and it's like, watch me. But Yeah. Yeah, right. I, you can't, once I'll you start it, yeah, good luck stopping it once you start yeah. it. <laughs> oh, um, man. Yeah, it's really, really good. And I don't think any of the psychopath murderers that are in that show are, none of them are real. I think it's okay. all fictional, but it's like a period piece of that time. And it's just interesting to see the psychology of the people that are close to the te- the very small team that starts traveling the country to these different prisons and meeting mm. these murderers and sitting down and talking with them because everyone else is like why are you doing this right. why are you even talking to these people what are, what are you trying to accomplish why are you spending so much time with them what's wrong with you like and it's crazy because i imagine it was that kind of struggle where there's this guy who's just like listen man like there's something to figure out here. I don't know what it is, so I can't explain it to you, but there's something we that we need to get to the bottom of. And everyone's like, whatever. If you okay. want to sit, you know, if you feel like you're sitting in a, uh, across the table from somebody who murdered their own mother and a bunch of women and locked them in a, a shed, like, I guess, man, whatever. Do your thing. Yeah, so I'm really curious to see what season two of that is like. Because right. season one was, like, really about the politicking and, and the struggle of just being able to get the clearance. I should uh, I should watch it. You okay, then... sweetie? Okay. I just heard a thud. Oh, I should watch sure. it and then we should do like a review or something. Yeah, I, w- I would love to. Yeah, season. yeah. Um, yeah. Actually, what what you should do is watch that and watch Hannibal, and then we can revisit, mm. kind of talk about both yeah. of them. Um, yeah, because you would really, it. yeah, they're really really good. Okay. I I can't wait to see. I mean, it's been a couple years. I mean, there was talks about that Hannibal series them doing a movie. Mm. Um. But I would really love to see it revisited another time. Somebody will do it in some other right. kind of way, you know. And so I really like. Um, are you a fan of Sherlock Holmes? Um, I, I mean, I'm not not a fan. Okay, but well, I, you're I, familiar I, with the Sherlock, yeah. yeah. Um, they, that's uh, you know, I mean, I, that character has been around for over a hundred years yeah. now. Um, but I love all the different ways it gets revisited, and I think Hannibal. Um, Hannibal has the potential to be revisited many times as well. So I'm, I'm curious okay. to see what they do with that. 
Yeah. But it's it's dark stuff. I think that's it doesn't really it doesn't appeal to the masses. That's really the problem with it. That was the problem with the show was that it's very, you know, he's he's murdering people and doing crazy shit and you need to show it, you know. So right. it was like a really it was a really really gory dark Graphic. show. Yeah. It was a lot, yeah. I'm not even sure if I could watch it now at this point in my life. Um but at wow. the time when I was like watching a lot of dark stuff and really into dark stuff, it was like, this is great. <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. It's okay. really, really neat. Well, I'll have to check it out. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Another character um, that I apparently people call a psychopath that isn't necessarily one is the Joker. Yes. From Batman. Yep. Um, yep. I don't know how familiar you are with the character. But for the uninitiated, uh, the Joker is basically this um, this guy that just shows up one day and has clown makeup on and just starts wreaking havoc on Gotham City. And I'm only super familiar with the stuff from the more recent um, the more recent movies with Christian Bale as Batman. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, you know, the whole idea of the Joker is that he also doesn't fit any psychological profiles, so nobody can quite figure him out. The difference, I think the main difference between him and Hannibal Lecter is that he really wears it on his sleeve how much he enjoys the stuff that he does. And he seems to have some sort of twisted, like a nihilist philosophy behind it or something, Mm -hmm. that he's like, you know, why don't I just fuck with everybody? And like, you know, this this scene in... in, um, one of the uh in the dark night where he has the you know the two uh fairies well one of them's full of prisoners one of them is full of the prison guards mm-hmm. and they have to choose which one of them is going to get blown up or whatever and he's like i don't know that'd be fun whatever you right. know <laughs> right. and like yeah, yeah sure morally hide it. yeah it's like the uh the railroad um uh, the philosophical question of the railroad, you do pull the lever to run over the five children or the one guy, you know what I mean? Like, how do you make the, dis- you know, how do you make right. the call? It's this like, an, it's like a take on that if... kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, yeah he's another yeah, one. That's not true. a, yeah. Um, but yeah, with I, mean, all... I think the thing to remember too, is even about Hannibal and the Joker. I mean, you know, I think for, you know, the, the sake of, I don't know, it, just grouping them into a category. I think, you know, we, we've labeled them or, or maybe you know director you know the, the the movie you know labeled them psychopaths and i and i think you know like we've been talking about it that's not always um you know true as far as you know uh diagnoses and definitions and things like that mm-hmm. but i think that they definitely i think both characters definitely displayed traits of psychopathy and um, yes you know what I mean? So, it, it, and I think, you know, yeah, does it, does it miss the mark a little bit? Yeah. I mean, you know, it's Hollywood, yeah. so it's going to, but, um, <laughs> I think that, you know, I, I, I mean, I think another one, um, you know, Christian Bale's character in, um, speaking of Christian Bale in American Psycho, Patrick Bateman. Uh, yes. Um, no. Uh, yeah, yeah, yes. No. Is that Patrick? Yeah. Patrick Bateman. That, that is, that is his name. Okay. That wait, who's the. But then who's the um who's the Stephen King character? Female or male? The male one. Uh, what am I thinking of? Yeah, cuz it's Patrick Bateman. Yeah, he's like the some kind, he works for some sort of corporate. He's like a Wall Street yuppie. Yeah, like a Wall Street guy and and see I, I and apparently he is a pretty accurate portrayal of a psychopath, right? That's what that the article we we were both looking at. Is that yeah. is that what it said? He's yeah, actually I mean, pretty accurate. 
yeah, I think he was, you know, he wasn't like the top, you know, the, the, in the top three or whatever. But, you know, I think that he was sort of in the middle. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I think even watching the movie, I mean, I, I, I used to I used to really like that movie, which I don't know what that says about me. But um, and so I used to watch it a lot. Yeah. And, you know, I think uh, I mean, this is, you know, going back to like when I was in college and stuff. But um, I think that was a pretty I think it was pretty accurate. And I think, well, the thing about that too is again, it's so complex. So to say he was a psychopath, I mean, because, you know, it's sort of at the end, it's kind of like, you know, the movie, you know, spoiler alert, but it's like, was it all in his head? Was it really happening? So then it's like, okay, well, we're not just talking about psychopathy here. Now we might be going into, you know, a delusional disorder or something, you know, it's yeah, like a blend of a bunch of stuff. Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like it's, was he having a psychotic break? Was it, you know, was it just an episode? I mean, who? yeah, that's true. Yeah. Cause a lot of these movies only take place over like what, like a couple days or a couple weeks. It's not like a lifetime that you get to see a development of a character, you know, what actually happens and how they react to it and stuff like that. So that's, that's a really good point. It's really hard to actually accurately, if you, unless you could sit down with these characters, you know, and have a panel of psychologists, you know, sit down with them. I guess it is really tough to make the call one way or the other, because it's hard enough with real people when you do get to know everything about them and sit down with them. Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so the so we're we're kind of referencing an article that uh, we both read about somebody who actually analyzed these, and I think it happened in like 2014, but it kind of cropped up again. But mm-hmm. apparently, the number one most realistic psychopath. You're right, uh, Patrick Bateman was not on the list of most realistic. Um, is Anton Chig Chigger, or what? I don't know how to pronounce his last name, but the the bad guy ha- Javier Bardem's character in No Country for Old Men. Mm-hmm. You've seen this movie? I have. I, long time ago i know crazy movie can i swear <sighs> all right go ahead yeah of course you can come on it was, <laughs> that was a fucked up movie <laughs> that movie was fucked up dude well that was yeah. the whole point the whole point is that like <laughs> fucked up shit happens in the world and yeah. the good guy doesn't always win and the bad guy gets away and like shit goes unsolved and yeah people get involved yeah. in shit they should not have gotten involved in and like that's the whole the, I, and that is that another David Fincher movie no who who directed that movie I don't know okay Google who, who directed No Country for Old Men Ethan Cohen. oh it's Coen Brothers duh mm. Coen mm. Brothers yeah. movie um, but yeah, so I guess his portrayal, um, of a psychopath is pretty accurate because I, th- so I think the, the through line that I, uh, uh, apparently of like these psychopathic characters is that they end up like fixated on something mm-hmm. and they just beeline to that thing and anything that happens, they're just like, well, that was getting in between me and this thing. So like, what am I supposed to do? You know, where right. it's like, they he's trying like to find, yeah, weak conscience. Or non-existent. It's just like, dude, you know, I mean, his whole thing was like, I flip a coin, kill the guy if it's heads, and if it's not, you know, you're good, you know, whatever. And he just like so nonchalant about just like putting the thing up against, you know, just dead, like, yeah, like it was just nothing at all to him. And when I... Yeah. Well, and and I do I, I do appreciate that about his character, and I see why he. Yeah, there was no pleasure at the involved. Top of the list, exactly. Yeah. It, and he, it was very understated. You know yeah, what I mean? It wasn't. Yeah. I think some of the problems with the other ones is that you know, there's a lot of glitz and glamour involved. Right. This right. guy. I mean, it was just. It was. It was. It he was, was very, robotic. He, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. I think exactly. that's. Yeah. The, actually, you know what? That's a term. <laughs> It's tough because, like, I think that would be a good term to you. Like, he was an example of a psychopath who, 
there was almost no societal adjustment whatsoever. Right. You know, he's like the very far end of it where like somehow he made it to that point in his life without needing to adjust socially at all. Right. Because I think, what was it? He was an assassin in the movie. Yeah, he was like a, he was like a, like, I don't want to say a hitman, but yeah. yeah, he was like a thug, you know, he was like a hired thug and, Mm -hmm. and I think even what, what happened? I think even the people that hired him ended up dead and he was just like, all right, well, I guess I'm just going to go wander the earth now or whatever. Like the movie ends with him just like walking out of a house. Yeah. After killing somebody and like that's it, the movie's over. Like they're they're dead. Like that's it. Right. And like yeah, there's no. Just yeah, you just like. Like, like you just caught with your throat and your, your breath in your throat. You know, it's like my door locked. Yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's yeah. that's really yeah. I mean, it's it's it is definitely one of those movies that makes you think like anything really could happen at any time, mm-hmm. and I could take all the precautions and you know. That's that's it. You can only do what you can do. Yeah. But people yeah. are going to be who they are, and yeah. you know. Yeah, it is wild because there's definitely people like that, you know, roaming around. Hopefully, they're either uh, trying to adjust. Because that's the thing is, you know, even 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 a psychopath who has no empathy understands logic. Right. And logic tells you that it's easier to assimilate than to not. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So unless you want to be like running from the law all the time, which is inconvenient, you should probably figure out how to like understand social cues by reading body language and stuff like that. You know what I mean? Which is useful even for a (laughs) non-psychopath. I have found. (laughs) Try to figure out along the way. Yeah, right. um, But it's stuff that the rest of us find out by accident just through, you know, trial and error of living life. Whereas I think. I, the way I understand it is that psychopaths kind of have to be guided toward, like, listen, if you want to be functional, you have to, like, learn this stuff. It has to be taught through, you know. Oh, yeah, you ha- they have to, like, play pretend, you right, know what I right. mean, Fake essentially. it till you and, make it or just fake it forever. I don't know, whatever, right. whichever it is. And I don't know I, if, if you're familiar with the, the show. I think it was on HBO, um, Dexter. Yeah. Yeah, I saw a couple seasons well, of that. Yeah, we we love Dexter. It got – it. You know, like like a lot of series, it got kind of weird at the end. Yeah, we don't have to get into that, though. And, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, yeah, but I, I actually, I think his portrayal of, um, I, and I think he would probably, you know, be labeled a sociopath and that, I yeah. mean, serial killer, but, you know, more of a sociopath. Um, I think, you know, his, the way he, he had, like, the code and, like, that, yeah. He had his own code, yeah. which, you know, a lot of them do. And, and he would, and he, you know, he said many times, you know, I have to he would talk about it, you know, like when they're talking yeah. in the background, like he had a fixation, I have to, um, well, yeah, but not even about the killing, but just how to survive in everyday life. Sure. Oh, you know, he'd say, you know, he'd be narrating. Yeah, yeah exactly. Oh, I'd have, yeah. My sister's looking at me like this. What does she want me to say? Okay. What can I say? He'd run mm-hmm. through a few things in his head. Okay. I think this is what I should say back. And I think that's, that's pretty true when it comes yeah. to having to, like you're saying, like assimilate and, and sort of fake it till you make it. And how do I blend in with the rest of society? And I'm not like them at all. Yeah, and, 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 you know, that happens to the rest of us too, but, uh, you know, it's automatic and it happens in our subconscious. There are parts of our brain that handle that for us. Um, mm-hmm. You know, it, it's it's very much the exact same thing. Yeah. And even, I mean, I'm pretty, pretty sure I'm not a psychopath, but I have found myself in that exact situation where something's happening. I'm like, okay, what do I need to do and say right now to make this, you know what I mean? To like not. Oh, sure. You oh, know, sure. So yeah. that's not to say that listeners, if you yeah. have had these thoughts, <laughs> yeah. if you've been, if you're being analytical of a situation in the midst of it, that does not mean you're a psychopath. 
Yes. No, there is a big but difference you might be. Between, analyze, yeah, <laughs> you might, between analyzing a situation and, you know, having to calculate everything you say and sure, every move right. you make. Just every single thing. To, to trick people into believing that you're, you know. Right. Because uh, that automatic part of your brain is not does not work or is not working properly. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Because you don't have it because, you know, you, they don't have empathy. So right. they can't, you know, how. Yeah. When we're in a situation, if you're fighting with your significant other or whatever, and you're like, well, what can I say right now? That's going to, you know, sort of not blow in my face. Or what can I say to sort of calm this person? <laughs> you're saying that, you know, out of out of empathy, out of, you know, right. you're saying it right. out of um, just knowing what the situation can bring. Whereas, you know, they're saying it because they they don't know they they can't put themselves in someone else's shoes. And yeah. they're they're just sort of you know, panicking to, to think of the, the next thing to say that, that sounds right. Right. Well, they might not be panicking. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe not. <laughs> yeah. I guess yeah. it depends on yeah. who you're depends. talking to. It depends. Yeah. So, um, so would you, um, would you be able to maybe lay out the, um, the differences between a psychopath and a sociopath? Are you familiar yeah. with the differences? Yeah. I okay. mean, I think that, I think they're very similar. I think right. psycho psychopathy tends to be a lot more violent in its nature. Um, I think sociopathy is uh, it's more really um, it's more really about you know you have a very poor idea, poor sense of you know right and wrong, or maybe you just don't care. Mm -hmm. um, you know, and you know you lack empathy. Um, and again, with psychopathy, I think it's a lot. It's it's very similar, but I think it tends to be a little bit more violent social behavior. Mm, okay. um, and I think that it's um, yeah. I th I think on a, from what I know, from what I've studied, and I think I think that's the the, the big difference is that psychopathy tends to be uh, a little bit more hostile, a little bit more okay. violent, a lot more hostile, a lot more violent. Um, so it's almost like, you know, this it's introvert versus extrovert kind of thing where like a psychopath is more likely to act out on how fucked yeah, up they right. I'm sorry, not fucked up, but you know what I mean, might be more likely to act out on due to their uh the disconnects that are happening versus a sociopath might just be like super awkward or like I, yeah, I was just that's that's a great point to make. Like a sociopath you might just say like like that dude's what's weird. wrong with this guy like yeah. he's an asshole but a psychopath you would probably be like i'm not gonna be around this guy again if mm. i can help it because yeah. something just seems a little you know right yeah yeah clearly unhinged versus like do you not like what what's up with you dude? yeah yeah right yeah <laughs> exactly yeah <laughs> that like that dude's dangerous versus that guy's weird yeah yeah exactly okay yep. or or woman or that woman's dangerous yes Oh, Got please. <laughs> you have to appeal to mm -hmm. everyone. It's 2018. You know, it could be transgender psychopath too. That's right. You know. Anything's possible. Anything's possible. Any combination of any, <laughs> anything. <laughs> that is true. Yeah, yeah. Um, I don't know if I've watched anything. Oh, so there, there's um, there's the new Joker by Jer uh, portrayed by Jared Leto. Have you seen? I, I did, did you see, see Suicide that. Squad? I did. Yep, I did. What are your thoughts on? So, have you seen the the Heath Ledger's Joker versus Jared Leto's Joker? Yeah, I mean, you know, and I'm not super familiar with with both. I mean, I have seen the movies. I've you saw the, the movies. movies. What are, What are your thoughts? That's all I'm asking. Um, I know you're not like a big comic book nerd or anything. Neither am I. So that's not you know. Right. Um. I think. I mean, personal preference. 
I think I I prefer Heath Ledger's uh, portrayal mm-hmm. more so than Jared Leto. I agree, I, I agree with that in general. I feel like they're almost a different character entirely. Okay. You know so what you I mean? Wanna, like Jared yeah, Leto's well, character is just like a thug. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like I've seen plenty of just portrayals of thugs in movies that act pretty that. much the same way minus the weird laughing. Okay. You yes. know what I mean? He's yeah. pretty much just a thug. Like a, a huge asshole thug versus – Yeah, he's a huge asshole. Yeah, versus he's like – He's a little bit of a mean streak and like – you know what I mean? He's a little well, yeah. Blue, but – no, but I know what you mean. I But I, I think that you're right though. He kind of was more deranged. Deranged, right, right. And had a – almost had a philosophy whereas like – yeah, Jared Leto's Joe. And now, for the record, I, from what I understand, there was a lot of his character development that was cut out of the movie. Mm, so obviously, okay. I can't, but I can't speak on anything I haven't right. seen. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, he just seemed like he just had like a gangster complex, and you know. Yeah, we'll put it this way: I was I was creeped out by Heath Ledger's Joker, mm. and I I wasn't really affected at all by. Yeah, because his was like unsettling, whereas Jared yeah. Leto was like, that dude's an asshole. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I don't mm-hmm. know. I'd be curious to see what they do with it next. Um, hope maybe flesh it out a little bit more, you know, or maybe like an, uh, you know, an or We never really got a, a true. Well, there have been, I guess, some attempts at like a Joker origin story, um, but I would mm-hmm. like to see a new shot at it. That would be really neat. You know, a little bit more in depth, maybe. Yeah, maybe because I mean, maybe they would do like an, uh, a nature and nurture kind of thing because the whole I guess the whole idea of the Joker was like, I think what was it? He was a um, I think the, one of the original stories was. I don't remember. He had he had some kind of job, and like wasn't getting taken. Oh, he was a stand up comic and like was not making it. Couldn't take it seriously. Or he nobody would take him seriously, and something happened where like Batman knocked him into like a vat of acid, and it turned his skin all white and blah 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 blah, and then he decided to oh. have, and it like fucked with his brain or something like that. It, yeah, I guess that was the, I think that's one of the few attempts at an origin story through the comic books that we've gotten. Okay, okay. Um, in the movie, doesn't Heath Ledger say something about somebody like, let's like a well, he ha- in the movie. I think there are three different instances like in that movie of him telling a different story about how he got the scars. Um, oh really? Yeah, okay. yeah. Because he's just making it up. It's three. He t- he said. Oh. I think there's three different times where he says different things. Okay. Um, I think just trying to creep out the person he's speaking to in that moment. Gotcha. Um, yeah. So I'd be very curious to see what they uh, what they do with it next. Yeah. Yeah. Me too. Oh, yeah. I think that that character is fascinating. Yeah, it is because again, because it doesn't fit into any specific psychological profile that we're familiar exactly. with. Exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, another character that they, I think it was on the list. Actually, it was on the list of not being a, a, a great portrayal of, of, a, of a psychopath was, um, I don't know the character's name, but it's the woman from Misery. Oh, um, I was saying, oh, Kathy Bates. That's Kathy uh, Bates. That, yeah. That's her she real name. That's her name. name. Yeah. yeah. I have no idea. Okay. But never, yeah, that w- I, have, I have seen it. Oh, you have seen I it. I have okay. seen it. That... That all right. So my whole th- first of all, I can't watch Kathy Bates in anything because I saw that movie when I was probably too young. <laughs> I'll never forget the scene where she breaks the dude's ankles. I can't watch it. I do you know that? It. Do you know that in the book? Have you read the book? No. Oh, I've read the book. Ah. Oh, in the book, I'm pretty sure she just cuts his feet right off, if I remember correctly. Oh. Yeah, she just cuts him right off. She doesn't break his ankles. She just <laughs> slops him off. Oh. Um. 
Yeah, I can't. I can't not see that character when I see Kathy Bates in anything, okay. except for when she was on The Office. When she was on The Office, I was able to. I was able to. It was a totally different atmosphere, but um, it made me dislike Kathy Bates for a long time because I could only see that crazy lady. Right, and right. Yeah, I, she did a job. She nailed that part. Yeah, I couldn't did. even tell you who played the uh, the guy in the movie. I could. I don't know off the top of my head. Um, I, I can. I can like see him in my. I can picture him. I can't I can even. I might be able to pick him out of a lineup. But Kathy Bates forever burned into my memory yeah. as a crazy, crazy homely, like just weird ass lady. So crazy. Yeah. Yeah, but she. I guess you know she's been called a psychopath. That character's been called a psychopath, and um, you know. The, I didn't even the, think of her. Well, yeah. for if and you I mean, ha- if you don't know the story of misery, it's the uh, this guy writes uh, romance novels. I think. Yeah, yeah. So it's a romance novel uh, author, and he goes to a cabin, like in some remote part of somewhere, to like write his next book or something. Mm -hmm. And this lady, who is a huge fan, like comes across, finds him, and like kidnaps him. And well, he gets in an accident. Oh, he gets an accident. She rescues him, and it's like, yeah, wakes up in her house. Yeah, and he's and he's like, what's up? Where am I? And she's like, oh no, it's cool. I'll take care of you, and I'll let you live as long as you. Uh, tell me all your plans for the continuation of the story and also write it the way I want you to write it. And he's mm-hmm. like, fuck you. And she's like, oh, yeah? And she just wrecks his shit. Like, it's <laughs> real bad. His ankles. Yeah, yeah, it's oh. real bad. And, you know, That's he ends up writing scene. it. And, you know, it's a uh, spoiler alert. She dies. <laughs> yeah. um, thankfully. I know. But, yeah, um, that, yeah, I think it's, I think it's likely that there's a lot of people like her walking around that just don't get the opportunity that the lady in that movie got. Right. Because I feel like I see signs in people sometimes that like, oh man, if they could get away with it, they would do some fucked up shit. Like people that definitely do like little things throughout the day Mm -hmm. that are like really, really fucked up. Right. You know what I mean? But like they yeah, get away with it or it's – what's that? That's Those are the people you got to watch out for. Exa- exactly. It's like if there's ever a purge, you know, Oh <laughs> yeah. America, oh, we're, yeah. All, we're all fucked. Yeah, that would be real bad. Like, there's yeah. going to be so many crazy people coming out of the woodworks. It's going to yeah. be – Yeah, you would have to just camp insane. in a corner and just just wait. Hide. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, definitely. Hide. Hell yeah. <laughs> hide, hide with a weapon hide. just in case. <laughs> Yep, yep. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I but, would. But I mean, be... her character—don't get me wrong. She's—I mean, her that character has definitely got some, you know, um, some psychopathic traits. But I think, you know, the obsession was like beyond. You know what I mean? Is what I think. Well, that was what's crazy about that was she had the obsession before that dude even came into the picture. Really, like she was right. reading these books and was like. Mm-hmm. put herself into them and it's identifying it's almost like a delusional as, disorder you know you know what you're right I, th- I think that's probably what it would be a super delusional disorder and because it wasn't really like because she clearly had emotions right right oh yeah she, you know she I mean? loved him and she was angry when he wanted to leave and... right and she was very emotionally attached to the characters yes. in the book yeah you know as if they yep. were real you know so i think yes. pro- yeah you know my official diagnosis <laughs> Is delusional disorder. Delusional I think I'm gonna disorder. I'm gonna jot that down and uh, and that, shut that case for sure. Yeah. Well. Yeah. Well, I'm so glad you brought that up. I haven't, I haven't thought that movie in a long time. Yeah, you should read the book. On, it though. was on that list or another list that I read about. 
You should definitely read the book. The book is very good. I should. I, I love have reading. I have no love idea reading. when I, I read it. So much more than watching movies. Oh, you know when I read that book? I read that book when I was uh, in like this big spur of reading fucked up stuff. I was reading the <laughs> uh, a lot of the Chuck Palahniuk books, the guy who wrote Fight Club. Okay. I probably didn't pronounce his name right, but he wrote a whole bunch of books about fucked up people, like yeah. crazy people. Um, oh, that's a good movie. I forgot about that. Have you read the book? I haven't read the book. Dude, read the book. I love that movie. Um, I, I love the portrayal of the character, the main character. You know, I mean, I, oh, my God. We could do something. I don't think they ever actually him. give – I don't think they ever actually name the main character, just so you know. If you're struggling for his name, I think it's because they don't ever give him a name. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah another movie that, you know – well, I've seen it a couple times. Because Tyler Durden – Tyler Durden is Brad Pitt's character – Mm-hmm. But that's the alter ego of the main character whose name I'm pretty sure you don't ever get. They don't ever say. Yep. Okay. What you need to do is read the book. Don't okay. do an audio book. You got to read the book and then immediately watch the movie again because you'll have okay. a whole new appreciation. The movie's really good. I think mm-hmm. that's one instance where I can say that the movie and the book, it's definitely an apples to oranges kind of situation because oh, wow. it really is because that book is a, is written really weird. Okay. Weirdly. Weirdly. It's written weirdly. Um, I don't know which is right grammatically. I don't, don't, don't ask me sure. the grammar. Um, listeners write in, let us know which is right. Weird, <laughs> w- written weird or written, written, re- re- I can't, anyway. <laughs> um, yeah, so the book is, is written, uh, there's a lot of like skips and it's like narrated by the main character but he like talks to himself and the, the way stuff is jumbled around, like you have to just see it. If you open okay. up the book and you immediately know what I'm talking about, the way it's written is really strange and okay. the way the movie is shot definitely captures it. Okay. Google who directed fight club, David Fincher. Okay. I, I knew that, but I didn't want to say it. I didn't want to say it. Yeah, but <laughs> he does all his tricks where he, he grabs you by the face and pulls you through mm-hmm. the movie. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, okay. yeah, it, the way that the way that, that movie is shot, I don't want to say captures the way the book it reads, but it does the best representation of, of what that should feel like. Okay. Because, I mean, really, really at the end of the day, like, you can't – you almost can't even compare a book to a movie – Right. Because at this point, I don't even like – I can't say one's better than the other because the way you consume it is worlds apart. Totally different. You know, um, mm-hmm. I just like – my question now is like do they give the same message? And if the answer is yes, then they're, they can, they're, they're both good. Right. You can't – one can't be better than the other because they're not the same media at all, you know? Right. Exactly. Yeah. They can be compared but only in the way that – like you're gonna find so many things that like oh was how, there's you can't go piece piece yeah. by piece like you said as long as the message is there I mean right. it's gonna be different and it is there in both of them it's they're both yeah. really amazing also um, I'm not gonna try to pronounce his name again but the guy who wrote Fight Club yeah. wrote a bunch of other books that are if you enjoy reading Fight Club you should read a couple of his other books because okay. they're fucking crazy okay. and they're all about people who are like just screwed up in some kind of way one of them's about a guy uh what the hell is it it's called it's called like the i don't remember what it's called but it's about a guy who was in a cult and part of 
one of the things you do when you're in this cult is you just go out into the world and you work and you send all your money back to the cult. And one day somebody comes to his door and is like, listen, I'm with this anti-cult group and I want you to know that everyone in your cult, you are in, you're in a suicide, you, know, you don't know this, but it's a suicide cult and everyone else killed themselves and you are the last one and so don't kill yourself like this like so all he's ever known was this cult that he like grew up in and he's now trying to like assimilate into society when all he's ever known was like his contacts in the cult or whatever and somebody okay. got somebody okay. got in the middle of the cult and him before he got the message to kill himself or whatever and all this wild crazy shit happens because somebody ends up getting in his head about because he ends up being famous because everybody knows about the cult. It's like a big, huge oh, news story. Okay. So he's famous as like the last guy from all the right. cult. And he ends up going on this like this national tour but ends up doing all this weird shit like getting all this crazy like plastic surgery and stuff because he doesn't think he looks good enough to be on TV or whatever, taking advantage of the money and blah, blah, blah. Like it just – it's just a wild ride like that. What's so the name a, of it? I don't I, – I don't know the name of it. Let me see if I can find the – Let's see. Chuck. It sounds very interesting. It is really interesting. Palinuk. And he, it is. Survivor. It's called Survivor. <clears throat> Survivor. Yep. All right. Uh, he has another book called Choke which is the story of a guy who basically goes through his life um, getting money and free meals by going to various restaurants and pretending to choke on his food. And, like, that's his M.O. Like, he pretends to end up in danger in these situations and doesn't ever have to pay for anything or whatever. But he's, like, the super deadbeat. And I, and I don't remember the plot of that, but it was another really weird book about this dude that is, like, really fucked up. Yeah. Yeah, it's 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 wild, but Fight Club is definitely the most interesting exploration of that kind of idea. Yeah, oh, for sure. Especially because of the huge plot twist at the end. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which is amazing. One of the best plot twists ever. It's so amazing. I, I will I not spoil it. Well, I think I might have already spoiled it earlier in the conversation. But if if you didn't catch the spoiler, go read read <laughs> Fight Club. And uh, it's great. It's wonderful. Yeah. Yeah, that was definitely a good one. I don't know. I can't think of any other famous. Um, I'm not sure. Oh, I do have to say, I'm going to put it on record. I do like uh, Mads Mikkelsen's portrayal of Hannibal Lecter much, much, much better than Anthony Hopkins. That is not a knock on Anthony Hopkins as an actor. He is amazing. Mm. I just Mm -hmm. enjoyed watching Mads Mikkelsen more than Anthony Hopkins. And he's a little better on the eyes, too, if you ask me. Um (laughs) But I think that he just brings a sense of class and something. There's just some other element that he's able to bring to the character that I think Anthony Hopkins. I think Anthony Hopkins' character is like really creepy. Okay. Yeah. But Mads Mikkelsen is not creepy. He's like sexy in a weird, crazy way. It's hmm. really strange. It's really strange. Like, because he, de- he, def- he definitely has, like, this, like, 
horrifying sexiness about him where Anthony Hopkins does not at all. He's just right. creepy, you know? Agreed. Whereas, like... Yeah, it, like, he's not a horrible guy to look like. So yeah. He's not a horrible guy to look at, but I'm not, like, oh, Anthony Hopkins. Like, no, I mean, I'm sure, you know, in his younger years, for sure. But Mads Mikkelsen, the way, just the way he, like, stands and stuff and, like, the way he... It's just crazy because they go down the whole road of him being like – you get to see a whole lot more in the show of him being like a host in his home and serving okay. people food and stuff like that. Like you get a lot more of that kind of like – and him charming people. You get a lot of that. And yeah, people just being like, man, there's something about that guy. I really like him. You know, there's a lot of that kind of – you in, Jake. He's it's exactly you in. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. I'd, exactly. I'd, I'd be murdered by – What well, the character is supposed to do. I probably wouldn't be murdered by him. I'd just be one of those people like, murder? Murder? No, not him. You know. <laughs> I don't think you'd find a reason to kill me, but I'd definitely be one of the people being like, nah, it's not him. He's not your guy. Yeah. No well, way. you love him so much. He wouldn't kill you. No, he wouldn't. No, <laughs> you need no. you around. Yeah, right, right. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, if you're a mass murderer, you need as many people in your corner as possible. That is true, yeah. For sure. Yeah, it's good. Oh, and you know who else is in the show that's really good is um, Lawrence Fishburne. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, plays uh, some other like person in the FBI. Yeah, I think he's been kind of MIA. He's got he got that Matrix money. He's chilling. Yeah, well, <laughs> he's good got for that him. He got that Morpheus money. Yeah. <laughs> hmm. Do you? Do you, Lawrence? Yeah, you do, you Lawrence. Yeah, but that's that's <laughs> definitely great. Um, cool. Well, I think this is a good point to wrap this up. So right. ho- homework is yeah. watch uh, the Hannibal series. The Hannibal series. And watch Mindhunter. Mindhunter. And we will reconvene. Uh, when you have seen those and okay. I will, I'll do some brushing up and uh, we can talk a little bit more about that. Okay. And, uh, maybe we'll just keep that as, I don't know if we could talk for, an, we could probably talk for another hour about that, those shows. I, oh I my God. That. Those. And then, yeah, I mean, ment- the mental health field. Yeah. Too. I mean, you know, it's, I mean, I think we about covered it. I think we covered mental yeah. health. <laughs> <laughs> we talked about I mean, was, you know, the DSM, we pretty much summarized the whole thing. In yeah. This, you know. I mean, we could like probably write the DSM six if we wanted to. Easily. And Seven and eight, too. <laughs> <laughs> cool. Cool. Well, awesome. Well, thank you so much for coming on. This was this Thanks was a blast. This was a this blast. Was and yeah. uh, and we'll see everybody next time. All right. See you later. Peace. Peace.